Good morning. Today's Daf Nazir Mem Hey. We're on Men Dalid Amud Beis. Finishing up discussion regarding Tiglachas Tuma Tiglachas Tuma. So if a Nazir becomes Tummy, so he's got to go through the Tahara process, and then and only then can he resume his count. And I say resume his count. Let's even be more clear, more accurate. We learned in yesterday's Daf that if you become Tummy as a Nazir, you lose everything. In other words, a Yamim or Vishonim Yiplu. All the first days are going to be lost. Whatever, however many days you counted, are going to be gone. And uh, what Tuma does is it's a cancellation, a full cancellation of everything you counted, and now you have to start anew. Okay, but before starting anew, you have to go through a process. The process is a process of seven days and the eighth day. Seven days is dedicated to, towards Tahara, right? The uh, Tahara, uh, Tahara from Tuma, standard, uh, standard Tahara, meaning you're Tuma May, so you have to go through the standard Tahara process, which in, involves Hazan day three and seven, and Tvila afterwards on day number seven. Uh, but now we're going to add a feature. And that feature that we're going to be adding is Tiglachas. You have to shave. Yeah, in other words, now it's, it's very similar to the shaving that's done at the completion, at the conclusion of the Naziris. But in other words, it's, it's similar, but it's not the same. In other words, you're going to be shaving. And now, Nachamol, you're going to count again and you're going to start growing your hair again. Okay. Now that's shaving that's done on day number seven. So uh, what is that? In other words, is that part of the Tahara procedure? So that's what we discussed yesterday in the Mishnah. No, it's not. It's not part of the Torah procedure. In other words, and we learned yesterday, and it was a machlokis in the Mishnah between Rabbi Kiva and, um, and Rabbi Tarfon, but, but uh, the Rabbi Kiva position, which I'm going to present right now, and only Rabbi Kiva, and that is, is that let's say you don't do the Teglachas on day seven, let's say you do the Teglachas on day eight, no big deal. In other words, you still bring your Karbanas on day eight. In other words, it just happens to be that after you become Tahor, so you do Tiglachas, but Tiglachas is not part of the Torah procedure. And what do we contrast that to? We contrast it to, to the Mitzorah, meaning on the Mitzorah, it follows a, the same pattern. It's almost a direct parallel, meaning the Mitzorah also is going to go through a Tahara pre- uh, process of seven and day number eight. So the seven days now, again, it's, the Mitzorah is not Tame Mace, but he is Tame Mitzorah. So seven days of Tahara, meaning once he concludes his Tzoras, once he's cleared from the Tzoras, so now he's going to be going seven days of, 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 of Tahara. On day number seven, also Tiglachas. Note, note, we noted already a number of times. Tiglachas by the Mitzorah is the whole body, not just the head. And then on day eight, you bring the Karbanos. Okay, but we, but, but we pointed out that when it comes to the Tiglachas of the Mitzorah, that well, is part of the Tahara process. And if you don't do the Teglachas on day number seven, of whatever reason, Teglachas is postponed to day number eight, Karbanas are now going to get postponed to day number nine. Okay. All this is what we pointed out yesterday in the Mishnah. Okay. Good. That was great Chazar of the Mishnah from yesterday. Amar Abaye, slightly new topic. Slightly. N- not really, but... Amar Abaye, so we were, we were together with the Chavra. And, and, and here's what we discussed. So, Good. Now, the Pasuk that we just quoted is regarding Azov. Okay, so let's, okay, let's, uh, let's do this quickly, but, but, but let's try to be efficient. And, um, and when it comes to Azov, we're just going to focus on the, on the, on the Zivas of a man and not of the woman. In other words, there, there is an occasion uh, to compare and contrast, but we're not going to do that today. We're just going to focus on the man. So the man has one, one Zav discharge. So halakhically, he's like a Balkari. Okay. All this could be explained a lot better, but I'm not going to do it right now because qu- quite honestly, frankly, there's, you know, we got to, we got to do a daf today. And so I'm going to, I'm going to be a little bit terse in my explanation. And on, on another occasion, you'll hear me talk more about 
about ziva in general. Okay, so with one with one's up discharge, so now basically you're on you're you're, you're on the level of a balkari, which means that you tov on the mikvah and, and and you'll be tahor. Okay, but however, if you have two ziva discharges, either within a one or two day period, it doesn't matter. So you have two ziva discharges. So for a man, now you're a zav. In other words, now you're a major zav, which means you need shiva nakiim, and then you're going to be. Uh, I'm sorry, and and period. I'm sorry, and period. And there are no carbonates that are brought on day number eight. However, if you have three ziva discharges within a one or two or three day period, if you have three ziva discharges, so now you're going to need shiva nakiim, and on top of that, you're also going to need to bring carbonates on day number eight. Okay, and and the difference now between two and three is just simply a, a function of carbonates. For two discharges, you are seven days, and that's it. And for three discharges, it's seven days, and then carbonos on day number eight. Now, why is that important? It's important in terms, well, I mean, aside from the fact that all this is part of the Tahara process, but it's important in terms of where you're allowed entrance to and where you're not allowed entrance to. Meaning, when you're a Zav, so what do you, what do you allow an entrance into? Um, so you can go into Machna Yisrael, but that's it. You can't go into Machna Levia, and you're not, you cannot go into Machna Shechina. Now, in the base of Mikdash, what does that mean? Machna Levi is Harabayas, and Machna Shechina is the Yazara, and obviously the base of Mikdash as well. So, when you are a Zav, so that means now to say that, as a Zav, what you can't do is you can't go into the Harabayas, and you can't go into the, uh, and, and you can't go into the Yazara, obviously. I mean, in other words, you're already, you're already banned and barred from the, uh, from the Harabayas. Obviously, uh, there's no way you're making it into the Yazara. Fine. Uh, that's as a Zav. Okay, and by the way, parenthetically, Balkari, the same thing, uh, that even if you're just a Balkari, you still can't go into the Harbais and you can't go into the, in, into the, uh, into the Azara. Fine. So, now, let's go over exactly the process of Tahara. When you're a Zav, Reios, so that means to say on day number seven, you're going to be toveling in the Mikvah, but you're almost Tahor, not yet, Herif Shemesh. You need the sun to set. So, from the time that you toveled in the Mikvah on day number seven until Herif Shemesh, so you're already in the process of becoming Tahor. You're slightly more Tahor. That's not a legal, it's not a legal term, but it's a great way to think of it. You're slightly more Tahor, but the, the Tahor is not completed or concluded until Herav Shemesh. Okay, that's if you're a Zav Bal What if you're a Zav Bal Gimel Rios? So now there's another step in the, pro- in the process. And that, of course, is next day on day number eight, where you're bringing the Karbanos into the base of Mikdash. Okay, good. So we say all that, and now, let's go back. I'm going to start again I'm, uh, from the Pasuk. I'm going back up two lines. You, you need you need to tell them but you don't need seven days. No, but you need hair of Shemesh. Um, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. So that you're going to be, you're going to go lift and you and you're going to bring it to the Kohen. Meaning, this is talking now about the Karbanos. So in Okay. So now you're going to, if you're a I'm sorry, if you're a Gimel Reios. So that means to say now that on day number eight you're going to be going into the into the base of Mikdash, uh, into into the Harabayas, and ultimately, what, whatever. Ultimately, you're going to make entrance into the, in, into the, um, in, into the, uh, into the base of Mikdash, into the Azara. Okay. But what it means to say is as follows. But let's say now on day number seven, after you told them the mikvah. So after you told them the mikvah, so even though you are now a little more tahor, but you cannot go into the Harabayas. That's exactly the deep that we made. Amaka Okay. So what do we see over here? 
that it's full yom of azav, even though you're one step closer to becoming tahor, even though we could suggest that your degree of tumah is just a little bit less, we could say all that, but we don't. Meaning, what's the diuk in the Torah? When is the first time that you're allowed to go into the makom of the Harabayas Azara? Only on day number eight. Only after experiencing the the, the, the Tvil on day seven and Herav Shemesh. Then and only then. So the Gemara says, okay, great. That's that's what's called the diuk. In other words, that's what the Torah is teaching us, right? So Amina Luhana. So Abayi said, okay. And uh, when, when, when they said all that to me, so here's what I said. I don't love your diuk. So Ella Meata Gabi Nazir Tame Nami Dechsev. Let's see now. In other words, the same diuk that you made, I'm going to be making the same diuk as well. And that is, okay, the Ella Kohen Al Pesach Omoid Emesai Hubab is Manchitava Vasa Herav Shemesh. So, when is a Nazir Tame going into the base of Mikdash? So from the Pasuk, what, what it would seem to suggest is, you know, only after he tovels and only after her of Shemesh. Okay. Right? That, and, and again, the Nazir Tame also has a day number seven, day number eight. Day number seven, he toveled in the mikvah. Again, after the Hazah, he toveled in the mikvah. Then he's going to experience her of Shemesh. And then, and only then can he go into the Harbais area the following day. So, so now we're on the top of Memham and Aleph. So, Sharni Kanor Hecha Kaiminam Bishar Levia. Okay, Sharni Kanor. Okay, where is that? That's Machana Levia. Okay, so again, I'm, I'm not going to, now would be a great time to diagram the entire area of the base of Mikdash. I'm not going to do that right now. Again, I'm just going to, we're, we're going a little bit fast over here, over this sugya. But the point is, is that Sharni Kanor, that's the entrance to the Azara, and that's found immediately at the eastern, at the eastern entrance of the Azara. Which means that if you're holding by the by, by the Sharni Kanor, if you're in front of Sharni Kanor, so where are you right now? You're situated. You're you're in Ezra Snashim, but you're in the Harabais. You're in the area of the Harabais. So now Sharni Kanor Hechik Kaminim B'Shar Levia V'Atanya Tamei Mesmut Alkanis B'Machin Levia V'Lo Tamei Mes Bavad Ela Afila Mes Atzmosh Shenemar V'Yikach Moshe Atzmosh Yosef Imo. So Ma'imo Imo B'Mechitza So Imo B'Machin Levia. I read all that quickly. Here's the point. It's very simple, and that is that when you're Tamei Mes, you can be in the Harabais area. Right, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, who was a Levi, who was living in Machna Levia. Machna Levia and Haribais are equivalent to one another. They're parallel. So, and, and what did Moshe do? He took care of the bones of Yosef. So you're a Tame Mace, you can go into the Haribais. Forget Tame Mace. The Mace could be in the Haribais area. So, let me get this straight now. By a tum, by, by another Tame. Right? How do we want to be Medaic the Pasuk? Well, only after you tovel on day seven, and only after you experience Tarev Shemesh, then, and only then, are you now going to go into the, uh, into the Harbais area. It's not true. It's simply not true. You could, you could be Tame Mace. I, I know this is going to sound funny. You could be the Mace. Okay. But in other words, but the point is, is that the deep that you wanted to make is simply not true. You, there, 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 it doesn't, just because you're there for the first time on day eight, doesn't preclude you from being there anytime earlier. You're allowed to be there earlier. So, so the Gemara says, okay. So, so Abaye says, look, I'm, I'm, I just showed you that your diuk is not a good diuk. And, and in fact, I'm going to argue with you. Now, in our Gemara, the Gersa is, but, but we're going to learn like Tosos. The 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 gear of the Gemara is Elotful Yom Shozav Lav Kizav Dami. 
So I'm going to tell you that the Tulium of a Zav is not like a Zav. And, and that means to say now that actually, once you are a Tulium, meaning you're on day seven, you told them the mikvah. So now your degree of Tuma is in fact going to be a little bit less. Ah. So now what does that mean? So why then would you be precluded from going into the Harbais? Meaning, so why does the Torah tell you that the only, the first time you're only going to be able to go there is only going to be the next day? It has nothing to do with the fact that you're a Tvul Yom. What you are now is a Mechusar Kippurim. Meaning that if you're a, in other words, we're talking here about a Zabal Gimel Reios. You have three discharges. Because because you have three discharges, not only do you need Shiv but on top of that, you also need to bring Karbanas on day number eight. Since you need to bring Karbanas on day number eight, so you experience Tvul Yom, it's true. You're no longer the status of a Zav. A Tvul Yom of a Zav is not like a Zav. It's true. Your degree of Tumah now has, in fact, downgraded. That's all true. But the reason why you are not yet gained access into the <coughs> Harabai area is because Mechus Kippurim. So, oh, and it just simply, the, the point is, is that as a Mechusik Kippurim, you simply are not yet allowed entrance into Machna Levia. And the Gemara says, how do I know that the Tanya, Tama Yiyela Rabbos Tvul Yom. Oh, Tumas Abola Rabbos Mechusa Kapara. So the, uh, so Tama Yiyela, he's in a state of Tama, that includes the Tvul Yom, and Oh, Tumas Abola is Rabbos Mechusa Kapara. Okay. So in other words, the, the only, the only reason why at this point in time you are, you're not yet allowed in is only because Mechusa Kapara. But if I were to remove that, now, in other words, how do you, how do you remove Mechusa Kapara? Let's say, for example, Azabal, Let's say you only had two discharges. So if you had two discharges and now you told in the mikvah on day number seven, so now you're good. Meaning a tvul yom of a zav is not like a zav. And you're not a mechusar kippurim because a, a, a zav bal bezriyos doesn't need to bring karbanos on day number eight. So now you would be allowed access. You would be able to gain access into the into the harabais area. No harabshemus. Right. Yeah, correct. Correct. Okay. Good. Okay. Ad kind of takes us to the end of a somewhat complicated sugya and... I, I fully admit that I didn't explain everything, but 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 okay. The uh, a discussion in the Gemara. Let's just summarize the point. A discussion in the Gemara. What is the status of a tvul yom? Meaning that when you're a tvul yom, you tovel on day number seven, you still need of shemesh. So what exactly is going to be your status during that period where you are partially tahor? So are, is a tvul yom going to be like like the of tvul yom of a zav is going to be like a zav or no? The tvul yom of a zav is not going to be like a zav. And basically, what comes out to machlokas amarayim. Okay, tiglachas atahara. Okay, so now we turn our attention to the tiglachas of a nazar tahor. Okay, good. So now we're transitioning as we're arriving here at the end of the sixth parak and a really simple discussion, just a nice, clear discussion of protocols of conclusion. You are now at the end of your nazirus. You counted your day successfully. You're now in the base of mikdash. So what do you do? So obviously the Torah gives pretty clear instruction. And now, as we go through the Mishnah, so we're going to get a little more clarity. And there is something in the Torah itself that's somewhat misleading. And as we're going to see over the course of today's daf, most of today's daf is it's going to be one correction. Now, I say correction, by the way, chalila, meaning the Torah doesn't need correction, but it needs interpretation. That's the whole point of Torah Shabbat Meaning it need, it, the Torah needs to be interpreted, and we have a Mesorah. 
in terms of how it's to be interpreted. And, uh, so, so the, the, if I were to just read the Torah in itself, we would have thought one thing, and most of today's daf is going to be, nah, that's not what it means. You'll see what I mean. So what you're, what you're going to do is you're going to bring three karbanos. This is, this is clear in the Torah. The, the, the requirement to bring three karbanos, and specifically chatasol and shlamim. One of the things, by the way, regarding the Torah, is that when it comes to kachim, when it comes to anything that has to do with karbanos, so the Torah is abundantly clear, right? That's one, the, one of the five books of the Torah is dedicated to karbanos, right? Vayikra, for the most part, is, uh, right, a, a step-by-step <coughs> regarding karbanos. So here, the fact that you bring three karbanos, that, that's in the Torah. I'm sorry. Now what you do is you're going to shech the shlamim and you're going to shave over the shlamim. Now shave over the shlamim. It's a funny preposition. Meaning over the shlamim does not mean that you're directly over the shlamim, nor does it mean that the, uh, that the, uh, that you're shaving right there with the carbon shlamim. In fact, we're going to be clear about that point in just a moment. It just simply means that in conjunction with, right? That's the, O- over here, when it, when, when we say al, right, mm-hmm. on it means in conjunction with the shlamim, that's what the shaving is going to be associated with. And Rebbe Lazar says, no, that the, that the, the, the giluach, the shaving that's done at the end of your nazirus is going to be associated with the chatas. Because chatas always comes first. Whenever there is a, a, a an assortment a complement of carbonus that are brought, so the chatzos is always the one that comes first. Now, if you do giluach with any one of the three carbonus, again, it's chatzos, hold on, shlamim. If you do giluach with any one of the three, so that's it. Meaning, obviously, there's a mitzvah to bring all three. That's, that's clear. It just happens to be that when do you get a check mark? Meaning, at what point do you say, I'm, I am officially concluded, my naziris. Right, so that is one carbon and giluach over any one of the carbonas. Yes, there's a machlokis tanaim we just saw together. Principally, the giluach should be done in conjunction with which carbon? Should it be the shlamim? Should it be the chatas? Machlokis tanaim. But the point of the mission is that bidi eved, if I do the giluach with any one of the carbonas, you're yotze. Rav Shimon Gamliel, Amr, Hevi Gamal Behemus, Velopiresh. Shimon Gamliel says that let's say you bring three carbonas and you were not, and you didn't uh, specify which carbon's going to what. So So then it's just a question of what's appropriate to what. Carbonola is a male. Carbonachatas is a female. Shlamim can go either male or female. So in other words, obviously the animal that's appropriate for whatever the carbon is, is going to be its assignment. Okay. Okay. Here we go. So first we're going to be citing the Pasuk in the Torah, what tells us that the Nazir is going to be Megaleach. Where? Pesach Simple reading of the Torah would, would would seem to indicate that the correct place to do giluch for the Nazir is right by the entrance of the Beis Hamikdash, right? The pasuk I'm reading it in full. The giluch Nazir pesach es rosh nizro v'lakach es saar rosh nizro v'nasan aleisha shetachas evachashlamim. Okay, so if I'm reading the pasuk, here's how the instructions seem to sound. Nazir goes into the Beis Hamikdash with with his three carbonos in tow. Okay, uh, and right there. Now, right there meaning what? Harabais? I don't know. Maybe we're already even in the Azara. Take out the razor, shave the head, take the hair, and put it underneath the Zevach HaShlamim. Zevach HaShlamim, that's your, that's obviously the Shlamim carbon, obviously. And it, what it would seem to indicate is, is that 
the hair is going to be placed right under the carbon. That needs clarification, which we're going to clarify in just a moment. That's the pasuk. But that means the shlomim goes first. Ah, uh, so no, it just simply means that the hair is associated with the shlomim. Okay. Now bishlamim makasim adabish and v'shachtu So, as far as what the which carbon we're describing over here, so bishlamim makasim adabish describing the shlomim. So, when the Torah says, El Pesach O'amoed, so what is that a reference to? Vigilach Hanazar Pesach O'amoed. Pesach O'amoed is not a location, right? Here's the, really the critical part of today's daf, right? In other words, this is a part we're going to zoom in on. Pesach O'amoed would seem to indicate location. What the Gemara is telling us is, no, it's not location. Pesach O'amoed is, is code for the carbon shlamin. Now, I know it's a little bit funny, by the way, because I read the whole Pasuk. The Pasuk then goes on to say, right? I'm, I'm reading the Pasuk again. You're putting it on the fire underneath the carbon shlamin. Okay. So it says shlamin in the Pasuk. Okay. That part's true. And I know that's a little bit confusing. Okay. But the point of the Gemara is, is that when it says, Vigilach, Pesach O'amoed does not mean location. It means in conjunction with the carbon shlamim. In association with the carbon shlamim. In fact, as the Gemara itself will say very clearly, there's no way that the Torah expects you to be shaving your head in the base of Mikdash. Why? We'll see, we'll see in just a moment. So, the Gemara says, I don't know. Meaning, how about this? How about we just read the, the Torah Kipshuto? Maybe, maybe the Torah does mean location. So the Gemara says, no, I'm marked. So here, the Gemara says it. Meaning, what are you, what are you going to do now? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to, I know, I know I'm speaking in our terminology, but you're going to take off your kippah in the base of Mikdash? Now again, what, what, what was their mode of dress back in the day? Not exactly ours, but still. The point is, is that to uncover your head in the base of Mikdash and to get a haircut, right? I get, I say get a haircut. It's really a shave. But in other words, to do so in the Azara, wildly inappropriate. And the gear stuff today's Gemara is going to get a little bit, a little, a little bit. I'm just going to read it as we have it in our Gemara. Meaning Rabbi Yoshi is just simply adding to the point. You can't even put steps in the base of Mikdash. Meaning, as you're going up to the Mizbech, how are you getting up there? There's an elevation. So the only way you could do so via ramp. Right? The, this is the end of Parsha Sisro. So the, you can only make a ramp. You can't make steps. Why? Because steps is wildly inappropriate. I know we all have steps in our house. I, I know. But the, in other words, but steps are wildly inappropriate. And in other words, you're walking up a step. You're not wearing pants. So it's just, it's not proper. In other words, parts of your body are going to be exposed and uncovered. And it's not sneeze. So if you can't make steps in the base of Mikdash, so the idea of you uncovering your head and getting and getting a shave in the base of Mikdash, it's wildly inappropriate. Okay, so the, the point over here is just simply to read the Torah Kipshuto uh, arrives at a, a just an untenable conclusion. Can't be. Okay. And then what we're going to do, this is interesting, we're going to skip. In other words, over here, this is a medrash that found its way into the Gemara. But it doesn't belong in the Gemara. Okay, but by all means, you can read it, but we're going to skip it. So Okay. And and the uh and Rav Yitzchak is also gonna pile on, so to say. 
meaning I also know that it's right. Meaning, the, to read the Torah Kipshuto, that you're going to be shaving your head in the base of Mikdash, so it's just simply, not, it's not correct. Why? Because the Torah says, Velakach v'nasan. Right? I'm just focusing on the two verbs. You take the hair and you put it underneath. What, what does that mean? It means that the hair was already shaven. In other words, if the requirement is to shave in the Azara, so then we should have three verbs. Shave, right? Then take the, uh, take the hair, shave it and, and, and bring it and then, and then put it underneath. In other words, the, the, the hair was already shaven prior to you going into the Azara. Okay. Just simply another way to reinforce the point that don't read the Torah Kipshuto. Now, again, Girsi issues over here. In fact, the, uh, the Gra takes it out, but I'll, I'll read it. So, Okay. The, um, so, same, same basic point. And that is, is that don't read the Torah Kipshuto. Okay, so Shitas Rav Abachanan is that when do you do the Giluach? Only when uh, the old mode is open. Okay, when we go through the Gemaras in Midos and Tamid, more specifically Tamid. So we go basically Tamid, what, what's Masech the Tamid? A day in the life of the Beis HaMikdash. Meaning basically operation in the Beis HaMikdash from the morning until the, uh, until the end of the day. Okay? It's, it's a day in the life. And over there, they go, they go over how one of the f- first things that are done in the morning is the opening. The opening of the, uh, uh, the, uh, the opening of the gate. And so over here, when are you going to be doing Goluach? Bizman, right? The, um, Kozman Shein Pesach Pesach Megalech. You have to wait until, until the, until it's open. But again, it's going to be basically the same point, just a little kanech over here. When is it closed? Uh, when is it closed? They close sometime, sometime after the Tamish al I don't, I don't know when specifically, but the, uh, but in other words, the, the, the Torah is not telling you where, it's telling you when. Rabbi Shimon Shazuri, Amar Vigilach Hanazir Pesach Olamoid, Velonizira. Okay. Rabbi Shimon Shazuri makes an additional point, and that is, is that the Nazir is going to be doing it Pesach Olamoid, but not a nizira. Now, in other words, the nizira is the um, the uh, is going to have her head shaved, but well outside of the area of the base of mikdash. Why? Because what's going to happen is is that in order for her to have her head shaved, that means that she's going to have to she's going to have to expose her head, and that's and that, and that's even more wildly inappropriate because over there there's an issue of tznius and there's an issue of yitzhara. And the, uh, you have all the Kohanim over there, and the Gemara here points to not just the Kohanim, but the young Kohanim, who have a very strong Yitzhahara. And so uh, what's going to happen now is that if you put, uh, if you put a woman in a, uncompromi- un- in a compromised position, sorry, in a compromised position from the young Kohanim, so over there you're just inciting the Yitzhahara. So Amor lo dvarecha so the Gemara asked the question, right? The Gemara asked, the, we're going to see this again back in, back in. We're going to see this upcoming in Sota. And that is, is that by the Sota? So her hair is also going to be exposed. So the Gemara says, yeah, I know that, but context is very important. And, uh, so, So the Gemara gives a very basic this, a distinction, which is, is that when it comes to a Sota, so there the intention is to dishevel her. 
So in other words, over there, she's not dressing up for the occasion. She's not looking good for the occasion. Adara, Adara, but she's made to look unattractive in those circumstances. So over there, so the uh, so there will be less of an incitement of the Eight Sahara. But over here, right, uh, she's concluding her Nazira. She's coming to the base of Mikta. She'll, you know, she'll, she'll, she'll try to look her best. So then to, to go ahead and to expose her hairs under those circumstances will only be inciting the Eight Sahara. Okay. Point of the entire mission in the Gemara, meaning... The Mishnah and the Gemara basically give us the sequence and protocols of what happens at the end of the Naziris, but the most critical point, meaning the Torah Shabbat of today's daf, is even though it sounds like the Teglachis is done in the Azara, it's not done in the Azara. It's not appropriate to do it in the Azara. It's Derech designed to do it in the Azara. Um, there, and, and, and an assortment of other considerations. Don't read the Torah Kipshuto. Right? On a number of occasions, right, we have very clear instructions. I know that's Pashup Shat in the Torah. Don't read a Kipshuto. So today's daf, Nazar Memhei, is just a good example where the Torah is not is to be read Kipshuto. Huh? Where is it then? Oh. So, in, a, in other words, out. Where, yes, not in the Azara. Right, not in the, not in the Azara. In other words, as we'll see in a moment, it doesn't even have to be done in Yerushalayim, which we're going to see in just a moment. Okay. In other words, it's as, long, as long as it's shaven. Ah. So now, I know Tel Sarosh Nizro Meshalach Tachas now, what do you do with the hair? So I read the Pasuk. In fact, just one more time today. One more round of reading the Pasuk. Vigilach. Another Pesach Olamoid is Rosh Nizro. Okay, good. Now again, Pesach Olamoid, not mean Pesach Olamoid. Again, go back to the Amadalf of today's daf. What to do with that? And Velakach Esar Rosh Nizro. Now, what do you do with the hair? And Venasan Alaish, you put it on the fire. That's underneath the Shlamim. So let's all be clear. The shlamim is not put onto the mizbeach, right? The shlamim is eaten. There are parts of the shlamim that go onto the mizbeach. The blood of the of the kaver shlamim obviously sprinkled on the mizbeach. Good, right? That's as as is with every carbon. And the imurim of the shlamim are going to go onto the mizbeach. There are certain internal parts of the carbon that go onto the mizbeach, right? The uh, the chelev and the oh, right, whatever. A few parts of the uh, of the animal go onto the mizbeach. But the vast majority of the animal is not going on the mizbeach. It's eaten. Who eats the who eats the carbon shlamim? The owner of the carbon and the kohanim. It's divided. Chazavishoko to the kohanim. The rest of the the rest of the animal. Chazavishok is the uh, is is the chest and 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 the, and one of the legs of the animal uh, go to the kohen. And the rest of the animal is eaten by the owner of the animal. Okay. So when the Torah says that you're going to what you're going to do is you're going to take the hair and you're going to put it underneath the fire. The, that, where the shlamim is, it means where we're cooking the shlamim. Meaning the shlamim is going to get cooked. Now the shlamim doesn't have to be cooked. It can be roasted in general. But over here, as it relates to the carbon shlamim, you're going to, we're going to be, we're going to be cooking the carbon shlamim. And there's going to be a fire underneath it. And so what the hair is done now is the hair is put on the fire on which the pot is cooking. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm ready, I'm ready to admit it's going to look a little strange. Okay, I'm, I'm 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 here to admit if we can visualize it, it looks strange. And with today's daf, the visual is going to be even a little bit stranger. Okay, if I could if I could tease it, but I'm not just going to tease it. We'll see it together. So now let's say you were megalach b'medina, even before you got to Yerushalayim, you're on your way to Yerushalayim to bring your kabanos, and you stop before you even got into Yerushalayim, and you shaved your head. So here's now it's a technical problem. And that is now, the shlamim can't go outside the walls of your shlamim. Your hair right now, currently, for whatever reason, you decided to shave your head before you even enter into your shlamim. So now the hair can't meet the shlamim. 
Okay. <laughs> the, the hair can't meet the shlamim. So, uh, I, I, again, but if, if you, if you can, you'll bring the hair into your shlamim, but the point of the mission is, is that the shlamim cannot go out to meet the hair. According to the Tanakam, the Mishnah, so this is only going to be a requirement regarding Nazir Tawar, but not Nazir Tame. Rabbi Meir says that it always goes Tachasadud, always goes under the pot, with notable exception to the Tame Bimedina Bavad, only the Tame when he's outside of Yerushalayim. So notos say Rosh Nizro, Tana Rabban Vachakh, notos the rotav no say now say Rosh Nizro, Umishalach Tachasadusho Shlamim. You no right. Shlamim Shlamim cannot be taken outside Yushalim. Okay. Yeah. So what does it mean? How come Mashalim Bazadir Kitsman Atoma? Shibandina. meaning with the the Tame who is outside of Yushalayim. So in other words, he can't in other words he can't take his hair and put it underneath. But outside of that, though, in other words, you're going to be taking the hair and you're going to be putting everyone. Meaning, the the point of Rameir is that everyone puts their hair under the uh, under the pot. In other words, it's not just it's not just by the Nazir Tahor; it's also by the Nazir Tami as well. Okay, um, okay. The um, the Gemara. I'm sorry. The Gemara quotes the Brisa. Tanur Rabbanan. Ve'achakach notel zarotiv enosin alsei rosh nizro m'shalech tachasadush shalamim. Okay. Um, the, uh, the Bryce over here tells us a new halacha. When I say new, by the way, I don't mean it's new. I just simply mean that we don't see this in the Torah, nor do we even see this in the Mishnah. Meaning this halacha is only coming to us via the Brysa. Okay. And in the moment, we're going to clarify, like, where, where did it come from? But it's, but the Bryce is introducing us to this halacha. Not only is the hair going to go underneath the pot in which the shalmim is being cooked. Okay. Which already is a funny visual. But not only that, you're going to take some of the sauce. In other words, the shamim's cooking in a pot. And so a pot means that there's water in there. So you're going to take some of the sauce, the rotev, and you're going to spoon it on the hair which is on the fire. Okay? And this is where now the visual gets even stranger. So in other words, you have burning hair on the on the fire, which is right underneath the pot in which the shamim is cooked, but also with some sauce as well. I know you're, I know you're, I know you're tempted to ask me why. So I'm not going to tell you why, because... But, but, I, but the thing is, you didn't add salt to the wood that was offered. It's not salt, it was like... Right. right. Okay, fine. So fine. But not this is not the salt. This is a sauce. But okay. So the... Now, if the hair is put under the... Uh, the dud of the chatos of the ashram say meaning principally, ideally, should be put under the pot of the shaman. But if it's put under the pot of the other carbon, it's your yotze. So the Gemara says, okay. Uh, in other words, I, I did, I was reading it carefully, says the Gemara, and you made it sound like there's a carbonation by the Nazir Tahor. Meaning again, it's confusing, but let's try not to get confused. The Nazir Tame brings three carbonations, the Nazir Tahor brings the three carbonations, but they're not the same. A Nazir Tame brings to a pair of birds, Olan, Olan Chatas, and an animal, Anusha. So it's Ola Chatas Asha. A Nazir Tahor brings three carbonations, but it's Ola Shlamim Chatas. No Asha. So over here, when we're talking about taking the air and putting it under the pot of the asham, well, that's confusing because that's not the, that's not the nazir tar, that's the nazir tame. So the gemara asked the question. So the gemara says, "Asham nazir tar meika amarava achikamar v'im nazir tame mishlech tachasadud shal asham yatsa." Okay, so just oh, f- fine, fine. So in other words, when the brisa was talking about an, an asham, it meant the nazir tame. Okay, just read that into the brisa. 
Okay, Menahanimili. Okay, so Gemara says, okay, now, wh- now where is this coming from? Meaning, and, and, and the question over here is not why. I, I, I'd love to help you with the why. I, I, in other words, I'm sure, I'm sure those who seek Tameh mitzvah are, are going to give explanations, right? Uh, but uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not available for the why. But what, what the Gemara is going to explain is, where do we see this? Meaning, where does this idea expressed in the Torah? That sauce is going to, from, from, from the Shlomim is now going to be poured on the hair, which is burning on the fire. What is that? The hair on the fire, that's, that's, that's an open apostle. That's, that's beferish. But in terms of the sauce now going on the hair, what, what is that? So, So, asher tachas And the Gemara now darshins. Mizivchau yehetachtav. Well, what you're going to do is you're going to take the zevach and you're also going to put it underneath. What? Right? That, that, that's, that's a little bit difficult to understand. Meaning the zevach, the carbon which has already been shechted, has already been sprinkled, and, and now you're cooking it, so it's going to be underneath. It's not underneath, meaning the zevach is over the fire. So what does that mean? It's underneath. So mizivcho yetachtav, meaning the sauce. You're going to take now a little bit of the sauce of the carbon, and that you're going to put underneath. Vim Okay, now. We said that even though principally, ideally, obviously, should go into the shlami, meaning that's the pasuk in the Torah. But here we also just learned together that if I put it under one of the other carbonus, you would say, where is that coming from? So I'm across. Zevach l'rabbas is a chatas. So, I'm sorry. L'rabbas is a chatas v'asham. So the word zevach, which is superfluous, meaning the Torah didn't have to add the word zevach. It could have just simply said shlamim. So zevach allows us now to, to be marbe. It's a ribui. And what is it coming to include? So it's coming to include other carbonas as well. Meaning if I took the hair and instead of putting it under the shlamin pot, I put it under the pot where we're cooking the chatas. Mind you, by the way, chatas is only going to be eaten by the kohanim. But it doesn't matter. Meaning as long as it goes under one of the pots in which the carbon is cooking, you're yotze. And now the chatas, but the ashram as well. Now the Gemara says, now wait one second. You double dipped. You took a word, zevach, and you came up not with one, but two drushas. One drasha was rotev. The second drasha is, is that it even includes other carbonas as well. So imkein lemakra may rotev ashlamim my zevach shmamin alarabas chatas v'asham. So the Gemara says, okay, but, but but the Torah could have said may rotev. It didn't. It said may zevach. So okay, so it, it allows for for two drashas. Ve'imakula lechatas v'asham hudasa. The Gemara says, okay, how do I know that the rotev is at all a viable drasha? Meaning the whole purpose of Zevach is to include the other Kabbalists as well. If I take the hair and put it under the other Kabbalists, you yod say. And as far as the Rotev is concerned, maybe, maybe there's no room for that drasha. So the Gemara says this is a classic, classic uh, maneuver of the Gemara. You have to look at the syntax, at the way that the Torah words it and the order in which the words are put, are put in. Meaning the Torah could have said Shlamim v'Zevach. It says Zevach Hashlamim. So what it allows now is for the double drasha. The, the one drasha of rotev and the second drasha of not just the shlamim, but the other kabbanas as well. We're now going to go back to the Nazir Tameh. Now again, the Nazir Tameh also is shaving. So the shave that's done by the Nazir Tameh, does he take his hair and put it also under the cooked, uh, the cooked carbon? So it's a machlokis. And, and over here in the Raisa, so we're treated more to this machlokis. So according to, according to Rav Meir, no, no, you don't take the 
hair of another tame and put it onto the pot. In fact, what happens to it? It's buried. Who, who, who says it's buried? Well, I know, I know the right answer. The correct answer is Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir says it is buried. But where did he get that from? So that's a bit of a mystery, right? Uh, Tosos over here, really short Tosos uh, towards the bottom of the Amud. So Tosos admits, readily admits. I don't know where that comes from. That the hair, the hair of another tummy needs to be buried. Okay, good. Mystery needing needed needed to be solved. Rabbi Huda Omer. I mean, you could just simply dispose of it normally, meaning there, there, there's a mitzvah of kfura by it. In other words, it's not it's not a carbon that was disqualified. A carbon that's disqualified sometimes gets burned, sometimes gets buried. Um, the I'm going to say the end of Tamura. I say that with not total confidence. Either the end of Tamura or the end of Me'ilah. One of the small mesechtas at the end of uh, Seder Kachim talks about which needs to be buried and which needs to be burnt. But in other words, the hair is not a carbon. The hair is just his hair. Okay. Tamura. Yeah, I was right about tomorrow. Okay, good. Okay, good. So, so, uh, so, Nick Bardivir Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Yehuda Omer Taharim Khan Vikan Hayim So, the, um, so, uh, Rebbe Yehuda says that, uh, that when it comes to another Tahor, it's always put under the pot. It doesn't matter whether you're in the Azar or whether you're in Medina. So, Tameim Khan Vikan Hayim But when it comes to a Tame, it doesn't matter where he shaved his head. Whether it was Medina or whether it was, it was somewhere within Yerushalayim, you don't put it under the pot. And according to the Chachamim, the only occasion where the hair is put under the pot is number one, it has to be Nasr Tahor, and number two, you have to be in the Makamah Mikdash, where the Shlamim is being cooked. Then and only then is the hair going to go underneath the pot. So, a Machlokis amongst the Tanaim, when and where the hair is going to be put under the pot. Adkan takes us to the end of today's daf. Let's recap. Our first topic of discussion today, a very technical discussion regarding a Tful Yom of Azav. Is a Tful Yom of Azav have the status of Azav, yes or no? Machlokus Amarayim. That was a really good summary. <laughs> that's, that's accurate. Number two, our second topic of, the, of today, and we've, which we now transition into Tiglachas Atahara. Once you're a Nazir, tam, a nazir having success, successfully concluded your Nazirus, now what? So what, now what is is that you're first opening up Parshas Nasr and you're reading the Pesukim in the Torah, and then you read our Gemara. Our Gemara makes one notable change, I say that carefully, one notable change from the Pashup Shad of the, of the Torah. Pashup Shad of the Torah is that the Nazir is shaving his hair where? Pesach Right? Right there in the Azara, that's where the Nazir is going to be shaving his hair. And the Gemara says unequivocally today, don't read the Torah Kipshuto. Torah is not intended here to be taken literally. It, the hair is going to be shaved outside of the Azara. Outside of Harabais, I'm not sure. But it's certainly outside of the Azara. No way you're, you're shaving your hair in the Azara itself. A host of reasons that Gemara, the Gemara explained today why that's not happening. Number one, that's Derek B'Zayin. Number two, it's not, the, the Torah says, V'lakach v'nasan. In other words, there are, there are two things that have to be done immediately back to back. The taking of the hair, which means that the hair was already shaven, and then putting it on, and putting it underneath the pot. So in other words, the shaving has to be done outside. So for an assortment of reasons, the Gemara says, you cannot read the Torah Kipshuto. I, Pesach Olamoid, is code for, so the, the Shlomim, the carbon Shlomim. Okay. E- even though the end of the Pesach mentions the carbon Shlomim. But anyway, that's the, that, that was the key point in the, cent- the central part of today's daf. And finally, our, our, our last mission that we did, Memheim and Bez. So the, um, 
is that what you're going to be doing? Is you're going to be taking the hair and you're putting it under uh, under the uh, under the pot in which the shamim is being cooked? Okay. Now, obviously, by the way, it's symbolic, but right today, as far as the daf is concerned, so I'm not here to explain the symbolism, but there is symbolism. But over here, just the, the just the, the basic halacha, and that is is that it, it's under the pot of the shlamim. But we learned a couple points today. Number one is that it doesn't have to be the shlamim. Ideally, lechatzchil it should be. Uh, it should be the pot in which the shlamim is being cooked because that's what the Torah says. But b'derech ribui, we learn together. It could be under the pot where the where the ashram is being cooked or the chatzos is being cooked, and it's confusing because the ashram is by the nazir tamei, which is true. <laughs> but in other words, but it doesn't have to be the shlamim. Ideally, it should be the shlamim, but it doesn't have to be. Okay, that was that was point number one. Point number two uh, that we learned also today is that you take the rotev of the shlamim and you put it on the hair which is being cooked on the fire. I right, where do you see that in the Torah? You're not going to see in the Torah. But the Gemara had a drasha and 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 and, 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 and via Torah Shavapeh, so we learned that that's also a requirement as well. Good.